The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of Leading Conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito. Today we have a very special guest, Freddie Ravel, someone I am honored to call friend. He is a world-renowned, Grammy Award-winning jazz keyboardist, producer, beautiful musician, and has quite a distinguished career around the world. Freddie is going to talk to us today about how he has taken his music, his talent, and he has moved it into the world of work in the corporate arena and really helping leaders and teams to work better together. Freddie, welcome to the show. It's great to be here, Cheryl. (laughs) It's so good to have you. Now, where are you today? Uh, right, I'm, I'm speaking to you from Los Angeles right now. Ah, and how is it today in Los Angeles? Is it like sunny, like it always is, 300 days of the yeah. year? Yeah, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, it's, we have an, another sunny day, and uh, it's good. The sky is blue, and life is good. <laughs> uh, terrific. So, Freddie, I have had the honor of seeing you perform um, where you literally had the audience on, on their feet. And I, I actually also had the, uh, the honor of um, seeing you perform one evening, and I turned around, and lo and behold, who was sitting behind me but Carlos Santana. I was, I was stunned. I was like, what? And turns out you have um, collaborated with Carlos Santana and have um, played with him around the world. You have been involved with some of his productions and um, have been an inspiration to him, which is quite interesting. Um, But before we get there, I just want to give the audience a little taste of where you come from. So, um, you know, you've... Is it true, I think I read about you, that you've been involved in music since you were five years old? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I have been playing music since I was around five. I, uh, I, got, I got into the, uh, my very first instrument that I got into, I, I started playing at seven, and that instrument happened to be the accordion of all things. <laughs> and from the accordion, I switched over to piano. And uh, after after getting my hands on a piano, there was no turning back. <laughs> oh wow! The accordion. Well, I bet you were really cute playing the little accordion as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I can Maybe just see it. You know, I can just see it. <laughs> oh, so yeah. you were you were into piano, and did you have parents who were really supportive, or were they stern and made you practice, or yeah, what was it like? 
Well, there was, there was definitely, you know, hey, we're paying for these accordion lessons. You better practice at least 30 minutes a day. I did have that. I did have that happening. Uh, but my mom is, you know, we, I, I grew up in a very diverse kind of household. My, my mom is from Colombia, South America, um, and grew up, you know, her Spanish, uh, you know, Catholic, a very, you know, very traditional kind of upbringing she had, uh, listening to the music of South America and dancing to it mm-hmm. <laughs> almost yeah. about it. So my mom is just this wonderful energy and she's still, thank God, she's still alive today and she's still as vibrant as ever. Uh, but she is an engine of, of joy and an engine of, of that, that beautiful Latino spirit of dancing uh, being mm-hmm. a, a central part of their, her existence. My father, uh, Bronx, New York, uh, Russian, German, Polish, Eastern European, you know, coming from, um, you know, a, a Jewish background, you know, so I tell people that I, I grew up in a family where I had both of these worlds where, Hanukkah and Christmas would be celebrated simultaneously. I love um, You know, so I tell people that we're having Christmaca. <laughs> <laughs> and things like that. And, and it's funny, but I, I didn't even think about it as a boy, but as I've gotten, you know, into adulthood, you, you really realize that most people don't grow up with that orientation. And, right. Um, that orientation uh, really would serve as kind of a, a, a bedrock to my getting into music as a bridge device, um, oh, as, wow. as, the, as a tool that connects different cultures. Um, and that indeed has been what has been my, pretty much my journey is connecting, you know, the dots, um, whether it was when I was playing with Earth, Wind and Fire or just really great R and B soul pop, or whether it was when I toured Japan with an all Japanese group, uh, oh, wow. you know, or when I, uh, you know, of course, working with Carlos, who yeah. really epitomizes the, 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 the bridge between pop, R&B, Latin, jazz. So, um, you know, that's been a thread that's come up in my life again and again. Mm. So when you were growing up as a kid and um, you, your mom was such, as you call, I love that, an engine of joy, um, and, and your dad coming from a different, very different background, how, what was your dad's perspective on the music? Uh, my, father, uh, my father had a lot of Beethoven and Stravinsky in his playlist. Ah. Uh, he, he, uh, he used to jump the wall at the Hollywood Bowl when he was a teenager to go sneak in and hear classical concerts. Um, oh, wow. Has a big ear for for classical music, and so you know between Beethoven and the Cumbia Beach, <laughs> <laughs> I found myself in this stew, you know, of I love of, it. of these broad musical styles, and uh, so that was the role, Dad. I mean, Dad really came yeah. from the great folk. Also, I would call it, you know, those beautiful old gypsy violins that you can imagine mm. around. A campfire in in Hungary yeah. or Czechoslovakia or you know, so those melodies that that make you you know fiddler on the roof kind of melodies yes that that meet that meet something as vibrant as the music of Brazil you know yes yeah uh, or or the music of Argentina the tango or the yeah. or, or the or the cumbia Colombia or the mm-hmm. merengue 
of Santo, of uh, Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic. Um, so to me, it's, it was kind of the best of both worlds. It was the, the, the beautiful melancholy of the Eastern European energy meets the vibrant, you know, optimistic, sunny side of, of dance and rhythm from, yes. from South America. That's beautiful. Well, it's almost as if you, you know, there was no way you were going to get out of this life without having become an incredible musician. Um, and, you know, I, I know that being a musician is not always easy, especially when you are wanting to make it your life's work. When did yeah. you know? When did you know that you really this was what you wanted to do, and there was no, there was nothing else for you? When did you know that? Uh, I would say around uh, twelve, thirteen years old, when I was when I begged my parents to take the upright piano that was in the house and and let's set it up in the little woodshed in the backyard and put carpet in it and a little heater. And uh, so that I could practice 10 hours a day, that I think that was when I knew that I was going to really be, you know, devoted. Ooh. And, uh, and I, that, that, that was about the age 12, 13. Well, and so, you know, what we often hear about kids who are artists is that um, traditional schooling, the public schooling or even private schooling um, does not really work so well. How is that for you? You know what? I, I'm, I'm an advocate of public schools. Uh, I, I'm a product of public schools. I, had, I was blessed with some wonderful teachers. Um, I did have some private piano teachers and private music teachers along the way. And, and, but it was those schools, you know, uh, even a, a, um, you know, a, a small college called Cuesta College up in San Luis Obispo that that took me up to Berkeley, and I played in a competition and met Mark Levine. And Mark Levine is a great pianist. I was um, and, and used to play with Cal Jader up in the Bay Area when San Francisco was just exploding. Still is, of course, but back then um, in the 70s, um, you know, God, the Bay Area was just exploding with incredible music. And absolutely. Mark Levine, and, and of course, when I say the 70s, I'm thinking about all the people I ended up working with, like Al Jarreau, uh, Carlos Santana. I also played with many members of Tower of Power, all in the Bay Area. And my teacher, Mark Levine, um, took me under his wing. He heard me play at Zellerbach up in Berkeley, Zellerbach Auditorium. I was 17. My hair was <laughs> beyond my shoulders. I mean, it was that time... <laughs> I was playing in a, in a jazz band, and he really liked what I was doing. And he mm-hmm. said, Freddie, let me take you under my wing, and um, I'll send you some piano lessons to where, to where you live on the Central Coast. And, and wow. I, still have, I still have copies of those letters typed on a typewriter, you know, pre-computer age, yeah. where, where he really mapped out very intense lesson plans for me to do, and I took them to heart. And that man really got me on the trajectory of learning the art of samba. He also introduced me to Moisir Santos, who was the teacher of Sergio Mendez. And, and four years later, after I moved to L.A., I got hired by Sergio Mendez within the year that graduated from college. So I have to say that meeting the right teachers along the way that do take you under, under their wing 
It's, it's like having a super influential college professor in a university. Now, I, I went to Cal State University Northridge in Los Angeles, and I do have a Bachelor of Arts degree uh, in music and took, music, took school very seriously, and I graduated with, with honors and all those good things, and I worked very, very hard in school, and I believe in, in, in going to the best that you possibly can. But I also want to say that I've met some amazing teachers in public school, and um, I, I, I do, I go out of my way to support public school. And, um, yeah, so that's, lovely. yeah, that's lovely. Well, you know, and I think what you say about the, just meeting the right people, there's another part to that, I think, that is not only just meeting the right people, but then also being a yes to those people. Right, and that's something that I really experience with you, Freddie. Even today, is that you walk around the world being a yes. Not that you're not mm. discerning; you're not saying yes to everything that's walking in the door. But but there is something in you that is looking for what is it about this that can work. And I've I've just even you know we we've only known each other a few years, and I have experienced that in you. Every single time we have met, do you think that comes from, um, you know, you're growing up, or was that something you were born with? I and mean, what's your take on that? Uh, well, I, I, I you know, my, my, uh, my, when I was, my wife calls me Mr. Sunshine. <laughs> so There I'm you go. So I'm not making this up. You know, yeah, <laughs> she calls me Mr. Sunshine. I just... Uh, I, I tend to, I, I, you know, I certainly look at life as, as, you know, the glass is half full. You know, I, I certainly look at the sunny side of life. And, um, and, the, and, and because to me, there's, there's just no other way to see it. Um, I, I do see the, and then, of course, I use music as a lens to, to view life. And that, I think, is a big part of it. Um, so when I see something, I see a person that is having a challenge. I see, um, you know, people that are having uh, great frustrations. Um, I tend to see that as a, a person that is out of harmony, a person that is out of rhythm, mm. a person that is la- that that doesn't know what melody to sing. <laughs> I love it. And when you start to, uh, you know, when you start to look at uh, challenges in life as something like a band or an orchestra where the drummer hasn't shown up or the conductor is not standing before the orchestra to give any direction, you start to work on, well, what can we do to get the conductor there? Or what can we do to get the drummer to lay down a solid beat? Uh, because once, once you understand structure of music, um, I, I am able, I, for me, it's very organic to see it in virtually everything, from the way people work together, the way, they, the way they lead, the way they work in collaboration with each other, and the way they structure, which is all about rhythm. Mm. I love that. You know, it makes me think about how important music really is as a Growing up as a young person, right? You know, it, it's very important in almost to begin to understand your own rhythm. It's a, it's a vehicle for that. And so what a great tool to take into life. Um, I remember g- being given 
piano lessons when I was six years old and, you know, very um, reluctantly went to piano lessons and, you know, said, I really don't want to do this. My parents said, oh, but you're going to. And so I did that for a while, reluctantly, and then they gave me organ lessons because my mother bought an organ, and um, and I did that reluctantly, and I just remember that, you know, the music was so beautiful, but I didn't really want to be doing that. And, um, of course, as an adult, I said to my parents, why did you let me make you say no when I, you know... I mean, agree to me saying no when I said, I don't want to do this anymore, when I was finally in the fourth grade or fifth grade. And they said, okay, because I think they were tired of fighting with me. But as an adult, I turned to them and said, why did you do that? Why didn't you make me keep going? <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, and as an adult, I understood that. But as a kid, I just couldn't wait to get away from the piano and the organ. Um, and I don't know what that is about, you know, because I love music. I've always loved music. Music was part of our household. Um, I, my mother was a beautiful pianist. My dad, you know, had his own band when he was young and in the Air Force. So, and the house was always filled with music. My parents had music on them all the time. So, but, you know, I, I wonder what that is. With kids, do you have a take on, you know, why some kids just really go for it and other kids just shy away from it? Um, I think I think that there's two things going on. First of all, the reason we like music is it makes us feel good. We want to dance to it. We want yeah. to sing to it. We want to rock our heads back and forth, sway our hips, hold our arms up in the air, move our feet. I mean, oh, my God. I mean, music makes you cry. It makes you laugh. We've, we've been hearing it from the time we're in the cradle all the way. I mean, music will go with us all the way to the grave. I mean, it's the, it, it is with us for every celebration, birthdays, bar mitzvahs, quinceaneras, marriage, uh, anniversaries, birthdays. I mean, can you imagine any event without music? Right, can you right. Imagine, can you imagine? No. I mean, even athletic events, I mean, the Super Bowl, it's about that halftime show, right? It's, it's about, you go to a baseball game, it's about the organist playing dun 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 Right, right. At a hockey game, da 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 You know, I mean, you can't even, you can't, you know, or the bugle at a veteran's memorial playing tap. You can't imagine an event without music. So how can, you know... How could we even speak about music not being joyful or or, or right. profoundly important? It is profoundly important, right? But, but Cheryl, what I look at, and, and just to answer your question, how, you asked about kids, right? Kids feel all this. They feel all the things we just talked about again and again in music, even, even on a daily basis coming off of their iPhone or their iPods or, right. or, or off of Disney radio. Now, I have an 8-year-old and 11-year-old, so I can kind of speak from this place, too, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and so when you see it like that, kids love music. There's no, there's, there's just not, there's no barriers there. Right. But sit little Johnny down and put their hands on a keyboard and say, Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. And get them to get the fingering right and get them to hold their hands like they're holding a little tennis ball, which is the right position for your hands when you're playing the piano, right? Get them to do that, and they start to resist because now 
they got to get into their analytical mind. They can't be in in that beautiful, creative, I want to dance and shake it, which is more of a, you know, some people would call that more of a right brain. Yeah. Right. And then when you're like reading music and you got to know that that's a C and that's an E and that's a B flat, you know, my brain's got to wrap myself around that, right? So that is what getting kids to be disciplined about that is a trick. And musicians that succeed have found a sweet balance between the highly disciplined and the creative. They've found a way for the right brain and the left brain to work together and unite with their heart. Mm. And that's, that's the difference between people who really end up embracing the muse. But let me say this, Cheryl. Um, you grew up in this incredible musical family. Your dad yes. was a band leader. Your mother played piano. Uh, they gave you piano lessons, organ lessons, all the things you shared. Um, and and look at you today. Today, you are the ultimate bridge. I mean, on this radio show, interviewing, you know, people like <laughs> people who do what I do and, and many of the greatest leaders on the planet. And you have that very act is a bit of orchestrating the brilliance around you. So you are living like a conductor in a way. Oh, just I like by ber- it. Yeah, you're conducting and you're conducting. And I, I love the word conductor because a conductor gets in front of teams and leads them. That's what a conductor right. does. Right. But a, conduct- but a conductor is like a conductor of electricity. You're also carrying the currency, carrying the energy, and so and transmitting it. And ideally, you're receiving it, but you are. So you're receiving, transmitting, conducting currency as well as people. And when you think of life that way, you are embodying what great musicians are, just in a different way. Well, on that note, we're going to take a break, and we're going to be right back with Freddie Reville. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Engage with Andy Bush takes you inside the mind of a top global market and public policy analyst who has been featured regularly on CNBC, Yahoo Finance, and numerous radio and television programs. Our program will bring you guests and stories from the top of the political and business worlds. Each show includes Andy's point of view roundup and what it means for you at home. Life's complicated. Let Andy help you figure it out. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. 
We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Well, welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito, and we're having a musical moment with Freddie Rebell. Oh, Freddie, we're going to have to have you do a little bit of music, like sing to us or something, you know? I mean, just, uh, so, I mean, do you walk around singing all the time? You must, you know? Like, uh, how you I not? do, I do. I have to confess, I do all the time. Um, I, I, I keep, uh, I keep my, my iPhone really close to the bed because uh, many times I, I get ideas in the middle of the night and, and, and record them. But, ah. I, I'm also, but I'm also very interested all the time in, in applying music uh, to daily life and, and really helping people kind of deal with many of the challenges that are really coming up in our age right now. And music is an incredible tool for that. But sometimes it's literally music, composition, bass, line, melodies, harmony. Sometimes it's that. But I would say even more, more than 50% of the time, it is the way music applies to a particular problem or a mm. challenge mm. On, a, on a human level. So talk to us about that a little bit. You know, um, when did you, in your career, when did you decide that I'm sure you've seen this all the time, you know, through growing up, but, but when did you decide in your career that you wanted to take your music and the, the talent you have and apply it in a way that could help people on a daily basis? It happened um, through about 25 years of touring the world and watching certain styles of music, certain a harmonic keys work uh, consistently to elevate joy and endorphins in the mm. audience that we're playing in front of. Um, I, I had I was living in kind of this giant case study, <laughs> but I didn't. But right. I, you know, you know, because it's it's one thing to write about it and blog about it and talk about it. It's a whole other thing to actually live it. And so when you're when, when you start finding out, like, I'll give you an example. When I was playing with Sergio Mendez, uh, I was 23 years old. I played in his band for six years um, until I got my first album deal at 29. And back then, when we were touring the world, we would go, we, we would literally play for uh, the King of Thailand. We would play for uh-huh. the, we would play for uh, uh, the public in Singapore. We would then end up in Lexington, Kentucky and play a concert there. In other words, we were in every kind of different culture you can imagine from, from different parts of the globe. And, we, and I started noticing that certain pieces of music would work again and again and again. For example, Sergio Mendes uh, has a song called Mashkinada, which is Portuguese for more than nothing. And it has a little chant in it that goes... Oh, 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 oh,
we would go everywhere in the world. I mean, you know, every place you can imagine. Um, and as soon as we go, oh, adiós, I mean, thousands of people would chant, opa, 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 again and again. And it didn't That's matter. amazing. It didn't matter what part of the world we were in. So, you know, I kind of took note of that. I said, geez, what is it about this simple little chant? And then I made, I made the observation that music is constructed with questions and answers. So, if you go, if, if you treat this as a question, oh, adiós, the answer is, opa, opa, opa. Let's switch gears. If we go to, if we go to Strauss, Johann Strauss, and he, and he writes, dun, da, dun, 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 the answer is, dun, 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 dun. Beautiful. Perfect, Cheryl. And see, you're in key. That's because of your musical training. <laughs> right? Or how about this one, Cheryl? How about if I go, da-da-dun, 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 dun. Right. Mozart, right? Yep. They, there's question and answer, right? Absolutely. And answer. I mean, every song has this, all the successful songs of the world, I, I'm going to venture to say the vast majority of successful music has a symmetrical design. There's a left side and a right side. And, um, you know, the first part would be, let's say, if we went, take me out to the ball game. That's, that's the left side, right? The right. other side is, take me out to the crowd. That's the balance. Right? You have, yep. you have a question. You have an answer. Right? <clears throat> and this goes on and on. And we, could, we would be here for multiple lifetimes talking about <laughs> the structure of music that is filled with questions. And answer. It's That's a really good you... way to look at it. That's interesting. So by talking, and by the way, this is the way music theorists will talk about it. They will talk about question uh-huh. and answer. Yeah, this is not, this is, you know, they talk about question and answer in musical phrasing. <clears throat> well, human beings like symmetry. We, we like things that are symmetrical. We like our buildings to be primarily symmetrical. We like our cars to be symmetrical. We like symmetry. We like balance. We want to live in balance. So successful music is an audio representation of symmetry and balance for the most part. Why, why are most phrases four-bar phrases, eight-bar phrases, 16, 32, 64? These, these are the structures of most forms of music. Again, symmetrical. I'm not saying, you know... Yes, there are songs with nine-bar phrases. Yes, there are songs that are in 5-4. But most songs are in 4-4. Four, four. And, you know, one, two, three, four. That's, That's most true. Most music is in the structure. And so, you know, the waltz is in 3-4. There's some exceptions, yeah. But the vast majority of stuff that's out there is 4-4. Four, four. In fact, it's so common that, that music teachers call it common time. Hmm. That it's literally called common time, and a substitute for music for writing four four is you write a C next to the treble clef, which means common time. Okay. So, you know, the thing to really share, maybe you know, one of the points I 
to emphasize with your, your listenership today is that music that is successful and connects to people is typically in an even bar structure, typically in 4-4, which is common time, and typically has question and answer in it. And there's a symmetry about it. There's a, you know, there's a total symmetry about it. And especially in pop music. Especially. So if we're talking about Lady Gaga, Justin Timberlake, Adele, Bruno Mars, the vast majority of that music is going to have four bar, eight bar, 16, 32 bar structures in them. They're going to have a giant question and a giant answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and it's built like that. And that's why it has a hook and it grabs your attention. So once you understand that music has this kind of structure in it, you can start to look at the way people are running their business, the way they're communicating. And you can immediately look at a business and someone says, you know, if a leader comes out and makes a giant statement, that's almost like a question. But if they don't give the space for the answer, then they're not serving their clients. Ooh. Okay. So give us an example. I know you've worked with leaders, and um, give us an example of a situation where a leader that you worked with, you you were able to um, see that they had put something out there and there was nothing, there was no space for a response. What is an example of that? Well, one of the things that that people, uh, one of the leaders I was working with, uh, and I've had the pleasure of working with a lot of different leaders from many different sectors, many, some of them solo entrepreneurs, others running big companies or members of big companies like, like a Starbucks, for example, or a Coca-Cola or Walmart. And I've had the privilege of working with people in all these different companies. And one thing that comes out a lot is that they tend to be very wordy about what they're doing. Um, and if it's too wordy, if it's got too much content in it, it overwhelms the consumer. It overwhelms them. So um, an example might be uh, a leader that, that goes, wow, we have this amazing new product that, you know, can, can revolutionize the way people use contacts online, for example. That's going to really fuse their business cards with the contact software. Let's say something like that. And they will ramble on and on and on about the, the, the use of this software and how, what it's going to do. And basically run five pages of benefits and forget that at the end of the day, all people <laughs> want to do is just be able to capture a first right. name and a last name and an email address and make it integrate seamlessly into their database. And so um, I will often say... I will often speak to people from the musical standpoint of your question is, is five pages long, but all you really need is a very clear thing of what you want to say and let your consumer be the answer. In other words, if you mm-hmm. have the right message that you're putting out, you almost set up the answer so that your consumer just looks at it almost subconsciously and they answer the question. Um, and, and, and I love the, it. The big, the big corporations have succeeded with this because they work with a mastermind and with a lot of brilliant marketing, and they come up with slogans 
show uh, one of the slogans Toyota used uh, for quite for, for quite some time was moving forward. Uh, one of the, you know, of course, Apple had think different, right? Um, right, you know, Walmart had, you know, Walmart could tell you their entire story of being one of the, you know, being this giant behemoth of the company that that offers everything under the sun. But yeah. what, did, what did they at the end of the day? What do they finally say? They say always low price. That's it. Right, right, right. That's it. That right there. That's dun 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 dun. That's all that is. Yeah. The consumer look. The consumer looks at that and says dun 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 dun. They hear their needs met, and a reason Bingo. Beautifully said, Cheryl. It is an invitation, especially if you make it if you make it friendly. The benefits are there, and now I feel so invited that I want to say I want to RSVP. Definitely, yes. <laughs> I want to come. I, I don't want to miss that. I want to be part of that. So. Um, you, this is what you want. You want your consumer, your client, to want to RSVP. And what what can be more inviting than a beautiful musical invitation? And, and when I say music applied to business, I'm talking about people, entrepreneurs, your, your listenership right now, considering how to make their pitch, their offering of services, the products that they're putting out to have a less is more paradigm that invites them because the most successful music that brings people in doesn't have too many notes in it. The Beethoven, probably the most famous symphony of all time is the fifth symphony. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, geez. How many notes does that have, Cheryl? It has four notes. It's uh... Right. Yep. But, 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 but maybe the most profound aspect about Beethoven's fifth is not even the notes. It's the gigantic space that is right after the last note. Beethoven wrote a rest after that last note, a big rest, a giant rest. So when you hear that piece of music, it goes, dun, 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 bass. Dun, 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 dun. And it's in that space that the consumer says, I can breathe. I can hear my own thoughts. I'm invited to participate. It's a subconscious invitation. And it is saying on a high level, I respect you. I honor you. And this is a, a big, giant thought I have but I'm going to now give you a rest so I can honor your reaction to my idea and see if there's a place we can find collaboration. I love that. Wow, talk okay. about applying that to the, the world of work and, and corporate world and entrepreneurial organizations. And, you know, it seems like um, some of these 
startups these days. You know, I mean, there's, it's, I live in Silicon Valley, and so it's amazing the energy around this place. And when I see what is going on and how simple some of these products and services are and how simply they put them out there and how quickly they get a response, either positive or negative. I mean, they're, they're, they're told really quickly whether this is a viable product or service or not, because mm-hmm. of the way they do this. It seems like they're doing this, right? I mean, they're, they're using this philosophy, it feels like. Yeah, well, the ones that are succeeding. Right. The ones that, <laughs> right, the ones, the ones that are succeeding are using this philosophy. If it, you know, if, if, there's another saying, uh, and here's another one for you. It, the truth is simple, and you know it when you hear it. Oh, I love it. <laughs> That's it. I mean, but, I mean, you just, human, you know, human beings, we're, we're smart. We've got great intuition when we're tuned in, and I think a lot of, a lot of the world is very tuned in. But uh, uh, mo- I think most human beings, by default, instinctively know if something's going to work or not. Just know it. You feel it. And so music is this amazing barometer that can help us with that. And like you say, um, when you think about the things that are successful, there's there's a very almost, you know, it's four or five words. There's a lot of space around it, and it invites the consumer, the end user, the client, the colleague to join in. It, it creates dialogue. It creates community. And um, that is exactly what music does. It creates community. I love it. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to talk more with Freddie Ravel around tuning up to success. We'll be right back. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G., Jenny Frumer, John Janetta, and Linda Schub. Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito with my very special guest today, Freddie Ravel, musical expert, inspirer, just an amazing, amazing musician. 
leader in the field helping other leaders. You know, I find it fascinating, Freddie, that you have taken this whole element of you and put it into helping people who aren't even, you know, quote-unquote musical, although I guess the argument could be that we're all musical, we just haven't tapped it yet. But, you know, you've Mm -hmm. had clear training, and you take this and make it so accessible and usable, applicable to people's lives, which I find fascinating. And one of the things I know is really important to you is the whole concept of how we listen. And Mm -hmm. you've developed a way to help people with that through music. So talk to us about that. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with, with learning how to, you know, hear the space between the notes. (laughs) <laughs> and when I say the mm-hmm. notes, uh, I'm talking about the notes of life. I'm talking about the thoughts in your head uh, that, that we all have, that internal dialogue that chatters in your brain all the time. <laughs> it's that little voice that just, for some of us, it's very hard to stop. I've, I've had times in my life where it's mm. been difficult to stop that, that internal dialogue, right? But, it, but that is an important thing. To, to learn to p- hit the pause button in your own internal right. Because when you can do that, you become incredibly receptive. And when you become hmm. incredibly receptive, that gives you probably the top tool you need as a leader is to be an, an extraordinary listener. Um, I, I always like to, to, when I'm working with CEOs and entrepreneurs, I, I love to share with them, this little, this little piece, if you take the word listen, you know, you write it down on a piece of paper, L-I-S-T-E-N, and then you rearrange the letters, you get the word silent. The same huh. letter. Huh. Yeah. And um, this little piece is a, real, is a real powerful piece because most people... Don't even think about listening. Uh, they, right. they just, they're, just, they're just present. And there's a lot of science behind this. I mean, we speak at about 150 words a minute, but our minds go at 600 to 1,000 words a minute. So, you know, if, if you're speaking to somebody about a new idea, a new concept, they're thinking four to six times ahead of you onto something entirely different. I mean, it, it happens... It's pretty much the way the world defaults. It's the way we right, default. Right. So it's a big deal to, to really understand the power of listening. And music, you, there's just no way you can make good music with your colleagues, with your team, when you're thinking four to six times ahead of them. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? Well, you know, and, and of course, you know, we talk so much these days about developing presence, truly being in the moment. And, and and that the mind is really the the real um, kind of the, the, the piece that people can't get past, right? You know, mm. and that they, they mess with that so much. It's just like I can't make my mind shut up long enough to hear. And mm. so, how do you do this? What do you, what's your what do you recommend? Um, I I from the musical standpoint, you know. Uh, I certainly recommend music that makes you feel very, very relaxed. And I certainly recommend, you know, any kind of meditative practice that you can follow 
Uh, I meditate every day, um, but my meditation's not long. I, I'm about five minutes in the morning. It's not a long time. But the fact that I do it every morning for the last 22 years is enough because it's enough for me to get into the space. And when I'm in that space and that silent, when I'm silent for that amount of time, I'm able to quiet the mind and able to hear what, what is available to me. And I'm not talking about, when I say what's available to me, it's not from my ego. It's not from my agenda. It is quieting the mind so much that new things can come into it. This is a great thing that this is a great thing that all of us have. All of us have this ability. Yeah, and I, like like you're saying, uh, Cheryl, uh, this is something that has really come up in the workplace a lot. Uh, one of the buzzwords of today is mindfulness. Yes, so that's one of the buzz buzzwords. But it, it 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 still comes back to quieting the mind. So for me, it's meditation. It's also certain kinds of music that get me into that relaxed state. Um, and so these are things, you know, that you develop with your own playlist of music that slows you down. And when I say slows you down, it actually speeds you up in your, in your thought process because you get to the nuggets faster. Oh, that makes <laughs> well, a lot of sense. That's great. Right? I love that. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a great tool to take away. What are some other tools you want to leave people with? Well, um, you know, we're going to, we, we, we do this, um, we're going to be having these webinars and Google Hangouts very shortly that will be giving people the structure of music as a tool they can use. And, you know, all, all music is constructed, the vast majority of music is constructed with melody, harmony, and rhythm, these three elements. And melody is often the spotlight. It, it carries the spotlight of the music. It carries the lead idea. It's carrying the hook. It's carrying the lyrics. That melody is your leadership piece. It's the lead. In fact, we even call the lead singer. We use the term lead. Or even mm-hmm. if it's instrumental, yeah. we call them the lead instrumental. Right? We use the term band leader. Right? In other words, leadership lands on the shoulders of the person Know, conducting or singing the melody. So I use the melody to talk about the lead idea. And when I work with executives, uh, we, we work very deeply into uncovering what their melody is. And their melody is linked to their passion and their purpose. Mm. Okay? So think of the melody as passion, purpose, intention, uh, as a piece like that. All right? That's the melody. Now, harmony is really a collaborative experience. You, you know, once you have your melody, what you need is your team behind you to support that. So if you think of harmony as the chords, the, the team of, of two or more people that are behind the melody, supporting the melody, that's your harmony. But all of this means nothing if you have no time to keep, if you have no deadlines, if you have no structure. And that's when the drummer comes in. The drummer comes in and says, all right, I'm going to be your calendar. I'm going to be your structure of your day, the structure of your week. And we're going to do this at a, at a tempo that, that is comfortable for you. So it might, be a, uh, it might be a cha-cha-cha. It might be a march. And rhythm is the whole topic of, of subdividing time. Now, 
right? So when, so when melody, that's an individual idea of a leader, has a team around them, the harmony, and then has the rhythm to execute melody and harmony, you know, the tempo, then you start reaching what I call the score. And the score is the manifestation, the result, the achieved goals that melody, harmony, rhythm get you to. So this structure, these four elements, melody, harmony, rhythm, and score, are your, are your, are your points that you make. They're the portals in which music travels that can be linked to leadership for melody, teams for harmony, and time management for rhythm. I love this. Oh, I love this. I bet, I bet your clients love this, too. This is fascinating. And I know that they're going to want to know more. Freddie, we are at the end of the show. I can't even believe it. So how can people learn more about what you do and get in touch with you? Uh, well, I, I would love to hear from your, your listenership. If they come to freddyravel.com, uh, they will discover, uh, they can sign up right on the email list there. We can follow up with them. I have a wonderful team of people that can get everyone literally, you know, signed in, and we will be presenting these courses uh, so that people can really apply music to life. And I'm talking about the music they love, that they can apply to the way they do their business. Mm, That's nice. I love it. Mm -hmm. Well, it has been an honor to have you here today, and we're going to have to have you back because this just isn't long enough. Okay. Well, next time we'll see. We'll see if we can figure out a way to get a grand piano uh, mic'd up so that we can we can have a little bit of real music at the same time. Ooh, I'd love that. Ooh, we'll definitely make that plan. I love it. Right, Thanks so. again, Freddie. It's been great having you here. Remember, everyone, to think big. The world could be a better place because of a conversation that matters. This is Cheryl Esposito. Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.